Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Today, we're talking about sales tax and more importantly, kind of what do business owners need to know about sales tax and what are some of those core concepts that are going to determine are you subject to sales tax or not? And if you've been around or watching us for a while, you would have heard of Danny Wright over at Peisner Johnson. We've been working with them for a while and they are absolute experts in this area. And so that's who we have on today. Danny Wright from Peisner Johnson. Welcome, Danny. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure to be here as always. Yeah, and I absolutely love talking about sales tax. Not really, but I do think it's important because I I oftentimes come across business owners that just don't understand sales tax, don't understand where they need to file, when they need to file, if they need to file. And so I think it's important to have this conversation. And I know that that we've been talking about kind of some of those things. So I just want to go high level. When we talk about sales tax, just explain from a high level standpoint, what is sales tax? Why is it important to business owners? Why do people need to know about this idea of sales tax, especially if they're just starting a business or more importantly, if they've been running a business for a while and just haven't thought about this sales tax piece, we're going to kind of be diving into what they need to know as well. Yeah, it's a great question. And at a high level to understand it, it's you need to understand that it's a gross receipts tax, right? And most people are familiar with it in some way, shape or form, right? They've paid sales tax when they purchase something. As the irresponsible party to collect the tax, it's super important to pay attention to it because it doesn't care about profitability. So being a gross receipts tax, if you're not collecting it and you are in fact responsible to do so, and then you get hung up in an audit in the future, those are dollars that are going to come right out of your pocket. Mm. The tax itself, plus penalties and interest, you'll be on the hook for that. And it's what we call a margin killer. Because again, it doesn't matter if you're profitable or not. That seven, eight, nine percent tax that you should have collected is going to be assessed against you as the responsible party, plus penalties and interest, like I said. So it, it really is something that can get you in trouble in a hurry in the future if you don't get an understanding right now of your responsibility and you know, ultimately take steps to make sure that you are compliant. I think that's such an important thing to think about because I'm just thinking of a concept. I go to a store and I buy a pair of shoes and the store collects sales tax on it. So shoes are 80 bucks and next thing it's $89 is what I'm paying. I don't complain to them about having to pay sales tax. Like I, I just understand that's part of buying this pair of shoes. And so I think that's an important concept that as a business owner, some people might be like, well, I don't want to charge sales tax. But if you're responsible to charge sales tax, why not charge it to the customer, add it to the price? Because customers are expecting to pay sales tax on things that that, that they purchase. And so I think that's a really important concept because, yeah, you might think that I'm not going to worry about sales tax or I don't know if I qualify or not, so I'm just not going to handle it. Well, next thing you know, four years down the road, you get audited. Now you're paying that sales tax out of your pocket when it was something you could have easily charged the customer and the customer wouldn't have blunk blunk an eye on it because they're so used to paying sales tax on different things. It's a great point. And part of the challenge is is just getting set up in the first place. But once you do, I mean, it, it the administrative costs, the burden, time, energy you put into it, especially as you start out, is typically not super significant. And in fact, it functions in a way like insurance, because right? you'll spend some money up front and certainly on an ongoing basis, there'll be some cost for you to simply manage that compliance and administer 
the tax compliance, filing returns and remitting that tax. But it's money well spent because it's going to keep you out of trouble in the future. And there, there's certainly some peace of mind that comes from it. Yeah. No, I think an important concept to understand here is that there is no federal sales tax. So, so when we're talking about sales tax, we're talking specifically on the individual state level. And while that's, that sounds good that there's no federal sales tax, that means that also that there's many states that we might be responsible for that we, that we don't necessarily understand. And so I know that we talk about, when we talk about uh, talking to business owners, that there's kind of three main questions that come up when it comes to sales tax. First off, what is sales tax nexus and where am I responsible for? That's kind of this idea of what states am I required to file in and where do I have nexus in? And then the second kind of question is, based on my product or service, am I even responsible for sales tax? Am I even subject to sales tax? And then the third question is that piece of, okay, now who's responsible? Who's What's the process to handle this whole sales tax picture? And so I, I want to start off on kind of that first piece, that nexus. And I know nexus kind of sounds like a weird word that people maybe don't understand. So just go through kind of what is nexus and what's the importance of it when it comes to this idea of sales tax? Yeah, the nexus, just generally speaking, means a link or connection. So when you're talking about sales tax nexus, it's that connection to a state that your business establishes that allows the state to impose their sales tax laws on your business. So naturally, before you have some type of nexus with that state, they cannot require you to be compliant based on their sales tax laws that that they've established. So it's important to understand at a high level that nexus exists in all the states that have a sales tax, physical presence or physical nexus has been a thing for decades and decades now. Most people are aware of that. If your business is located in a given state, you're there, maybe other partners of your business, you have an office, you have nexus in that state. Some of the other ways that a company establishes nexus through some type of physical presence would be uh, remote employees, which of course is more relevant than ever. Inventory that you own that's stored in a state. This is very uh, much an issue for companies that are using a 3PL. Also, if you have contractors located in a state, you may even have like sales reps that are independent contractors that are traveling to different states and trying to grow your business, right? They're, they're making sales on your behalf. They're marketing on your behalf. Also, one thing to pay attention to, if you have some type of uh, business that involves doing installations, uh, making deliveries in like your vehicles. Um, also, a, a lot of companies would offer some type of, say, like service contract where they offer visits to that client to actually service some type of hardware or software that's been installed. And there's so much nuance to all this, right? So to keep it at a high level, just pay attention to employees, contractors, inventory, you know, all of these things that are involved in your business that you own that or you have a contract with, like, of course, the contractors in, in particular. And if they're helping you establish a market within a state, then that's probably establishing nexus for you. The other key question around nexus uh, would be economic nexus. This is a newer thing. This has really been a landmark issue that's come across the sales tax world, you could say the business world, and it's made people more aware of sales tax than ever before for, for good reason. A couple key points with economic nexus. If you already have a physical presence, it does not apply to your business. Okay, mm-hmm. So you're, where you need to focus on 
economic nexus, which in short is a threshold that the state has established that says once you exceed that threshold as a business in our state, you now have nexus. So most states have a $100,000 revenue threshold. It's usually measured during a, a calendar year. And some of the states have a transaction threshold as well. And in fact, a decent number of states, the threshold is an either or. It's $100,000 or 200 transactions. So that transaction threshold is important to pay attention to. But again, keeping it high level with economic nexus, if you don't already have a presence in that state, that's where you pay attention to the threshold for each of these states. And although that sounds very just complex and it can be, it can seem like overwhelming for a company. In some cases, it's as simple as looking at a sales report summary, like per state, and then matching that up with the threshold for that state and just determining if you've in fact gone over that threshold. It's a different conversation and you want to dive deeper if you're talking about looking at past liability, right? If you've Mm. established nexus in the past and some period of time has passed since you established nexus and now, it's always worth taking a deeper dive and seeing what type of past liability you have in that state. But that's nexus in a nutshell, like pay attention to where you have a presence. And then if you don't have a presence in a state, just, you know, periodically monitor your sales revenue in comparison to the thresholds that the states have established. Makes sense. And so just two follow-up questions on that. Let's imagine that we have physical nexus in a state. So I sell widgets out of Wisconsin. I've got a partner in Idaho. And so because that partner operates in our business, we have nexus in, in Idaho, right? Does that mean that those widgets that I sell in Wisconsin are subject to Idaho sales tax? So just because you have presence, does that or have nexus in a state, does that necessarily mean that every single sale is subject to sales tax in that state? Great question. Nexus is one thing, right? You've established nexus now in the state. Now it comes time to pay attention to the actual sales themselves. And in short, the answer to that is sales tax is due based on the ship to address. Right? Okay. So wherever that product, the own this example, the widget is delivered, that is where the sales tax responsibility exists. So if you're selling in some cases, it doesn't even matter where the products are shipped from. It's all about where is that customer? Where is that end user? And that can apply very much to services you provide as well, right? You're not mm-hmm. dealing with widgets at that point, but Where is the service being consumed or being used? Where is that end user? And again, in general, you want to just pay attention to that ship to address where the customer's located. And so, yeah, if you're in Wisconsin, you have your partner in Idaho, those products that you do ship to Idaho, to customers in Idaho, you have Nexus there. So yeah, those would have some sales tax responsibility attached to them. Okay. And then just kind of a follow up to that. Let's say partner in Wisconsin, partner in Idaho. But now we do one shipment and it's a small shipment, let's just say $500 to uh, Iowa. And that's the only shipment that we ever do to Iowa throughout the year. Because that's the ship to address, does that automatically trigger a need for sales tax? Because we technically don't have Nexus there. We don't have a partner there. We don't have inventory there. We don't have anything like that. We just have a customer that we did one shipment to. Would that trigger Nexus in Iowa in the need for sales tax in that scenario? Not, not on a transaction that's that small. Right. Only right. if that transaction was over the threshold that Iowa 
has established. $500 would not you know, trigger that threshold, right? Yeah. Now, one question, then we'll kind of move on. But when we talk about this idea of economic nexus, and we talk about thresholds, whether it's a transaction threshold, so you go over X amount of transactions, now you have nexus in that state, or a dollar threshold, you, you go over a certain amount of sales, now you have nexus in that state. What happens in that case of Iowa, where we don't expect to go over the transaction amount, we don't expect to go over the dollar amount, but all of a sudden we get to the end of the year and realize, oh, we've actually had a lot more sales to Iowa than we expected. And now we are over that threshold, but we haven't been collecting sales tax in that time period. So we haven't collected sales tax from anybody from January through November, but now we went over the threshold in December. Are we then responsible to go back and collect that sales tax? Are we responsible to just say, okay, now we got to eat that sales tax or does that only that amount that went over that threshold now become subject to sales tax? Yeah, the threshold is a starting point for your responsibility. Okay. Right? So it's never retroactive. Once you hit that threshold, let, let's say it's $100,000. So once you hit that $100,000, that is when your responsibility begins. And in fact, a lot of the states offer a grace period. In some cases, it's say like a full calendar month. So if you did hit the threshold, you have a, you had a big Black Friday and Cyber Monday sale and had a great Q4 and you hit that threshold this month. Some of these states, you would not be responsible to collect tax until after a full calendar month passes. So you'd have, mm -hmm. you know, you hit the threshold in December, you have all of January to get registered and get set up to collect the tax. And then your actual responsibility would begin. February 1. Okay. There are other states that have, give you even more time, you know, 90 days. So that's part of what you can pay attention to when you're reviewing your nexus. Um, a lot of companies will just pay attention to it. Maybe they review it, say, quarterly. And any states they've hit nexus in during that past quarter, they'll simply just turn on the tax collection in those states and, and get registered in those states, say, the beginning of that next quarter. A lot of the states have very specific language that tell you when you're supposed to start collecting after you hit the threshold. Some don't. So people just in that case say, well, my very next transaction after I hit the threshold, I better go ahead and collect the tax. There's that intersection between perfect compliance and a practical approach. And it's rarely the practical approach to monitor your nexus every week. Right. Where you say, oh, I hit the threshold last week. I better turn on the tax and, and get registered right away. But yeah. And, and it depends on the company. It depends on the transaction amounts. Right. If you're selling $10,000 widgets, now one sell, of course, can carry some significant liability if you don't collect the tax on that. Versus mm -hmm. if you're selling $20 widget, you'll probably be okay if you sell a dozen of those widgets before you start collecting the tax. So there's, again, there's always that piece, that question of materiality and how significant is your tax liability if you're not perfectly on top of the compliance as you hit nexus. And then, of course, trigger that responsibility that you have to start collecting and then matching that up again with your business model and a practical approach for you. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And I guess a lot. One, one final question, follow up question on this is once you hit economics nexus in a state, generally speaking, does that stick? So in December, we qualify for nexus in a state, but now we started brand new year. 
do we still have economic nexus in that state or do we get to wait until we hit that threshold again in that new year and then we start collecting sales tax on that? That's a really good question. You have it for a full year, right? So you hit nexus, your responsibility to collect begins and you will have nexus for that current calendar year and the entire next Mm. calendar year. Um, Or if it's a some states have like a rolling four quarters or rolling like 12 month period. And in similar fashion, you hit Nexus, your responsibility begins to start collecting and you're going to have that for at least another year. And okay. so as you review, you know, a lot of companies will just review, say, at the beginning of a year. Right? We'll come into January in that first quarter. They'll review this where they've established Nexus. You let's say you have five states where you hit Nexus uh, for this year, right? As you review early next year, you'd get registered in those states and you need to collect tax for all of 2024. Then at that point, if unfortunately your sales dipped, right, and you fall below the threshold in some of those states, you could technically at that point say, I don't have Nexus any longer in this state. And you could deregister your, st- your account with that mm-hmm. state. And that's a key point. Make sure if you're going to stop collecting because you've determined you don't have Nexus any longer, you do in fact have to shut down your account. As long as you have that account, you're going to be responsible to file returns and collect the tax. Okay. No, that's super helpful on on that Nexus idea. So the next question is, okay, we can determine where we have Nexus, whether it's physical Nexus, whether it's economic Nexus. But I think the next question is, is my product or service even subject to sales tax? And, And kind of what is the process that you follow that you look at when you're starting to determine that? Yeah, the keyword here is taxability, right? and that it really is the, the process is one where it can be simple because you're just selling widgets, right? It's tangible personal property. Most tangible personal property is subject to tax. Conversely, most services are exempt from tax unless they are specifically enumerated, as they say, in their sales tax law. So the process is one where you just ask that question, like, what am I selling? And it can get complex in a hurry with taxability. Uh, that's really an area where a, a conversation with an expert can help and make sure they're an expert and there's experience there because we run into several issues weekly. Weekly, we have a conversation with someone that has either not paid attention to taxability, so they've charged tax when they didn't need to, or they've got some bad advice or their Google searches didn't take them to the right place. And they thought what they were selling is exempt when in fact it is taxable Mm -hmm. and they run into issues. Sometimes it's major issues. We had a recent case where someone was actually doing a Nexus review. They discovered some past Nexus, right? They established Nexus in several states. They were just coming to this point of getting a handle on compliance and they decided to go to the states and voluntarily approach the states to get into a, a program that all states have that offer some forgiveness for Mm. past tax liability. In this particular case, this company went and and hired someone to do these voluntary disclosure agreements for them without looking at taxability. And this was in the state of Washington. It turns out what they were selling is exempt from tax. The auditor, the revenue agent that was managing the, the BDA, they didn't take a deep dive into what they're selling. And just on the surface, it looked like, yeah, this is a taxable service you're providing. And they, they ended up getting a $50,000 assessment based on past liability for their sales revenue. The issue is 95 plus percent of what they were selling in the state of Washington is in fact exempt from tax. 
So mm-hmm. these guys forked over tens of thousands of dollars to the state of Washington. And in fact, we're in the middle of a process with them to go try to claw that back from the state, which is tough because you've already entered an agreement with the state and he's signed off saying, yeah, this is what I owe and this is what I'm willing to pay. So it's not super simple to just say, send a note or email to the state and say, hey, what I'm selling is exempt. Give me my money back. So yeah. it pay attention to it for sure and go through that process initially to just clearly identify. And this comes back like being more responsive to the question and you know doing it in a very high level, but concise way. Pay attention to what you're selling and make sure you clearly identify not just what you think you're selling, but how the state would categorize what you're selling. And that is, of course, all that matters when it comes to dealing with the states is how they would identify it, how, how would they categorize it, and then you know, move on from there knowing that you have a good handle on what's taxable and what's exempt. Mm, makes sense. And it's possible that a business might have some things that they produce revenue with that are taxable and, and some that are not. Like they might have do a service here, but sell a product or a widget here. And the service might be not taxable and the widget may be taxable. And it could be different from state to state where one state that service isn't taxable, but the other one maybe is taxable. Is that correct? 100%. And it can also even matter like how you invoice your customers and what is shown on an invoice. Mm-hmm. Again, it, that can be different compared to like how you would identify or, or categorize what you're selling. And when you do have products and services that have different taxability, it's even more important to both identify how the state would categorize those and also make sure when you are invoicing customers, they are paying the correct amount of tax. Or if there's all kinds of rules around like bulk pricing, package pricing, that gets messy in a hurry and it can be overwhelming right away for a, a business owner. But again, the key here is to just not put your head in the sand and and shy away from it. It's like approach it as, and you have groups like ours that can do research projects. But before you even get into that and, and you know, spending money on any of, that, any of that, go through a conversation with someone like us to just get a basic understanding and ask the right questions that are exactly what you just asked. Like I'm selling these different products and different types of services. And you get to that point where it's like, okay, here's really what we need to do to tackle this question and determine taxability. And now you have the information on hand that is going to be what you need to make a business decision moving forward. Yeah, makes sense. And when, when we look at these questions of where do I have Nexus and then what is taxable or is my product or service taxable? I think naturally, I think let's start with the is my product or service taxable. But I think the important part about that is that every state is different. And so that is why we start with the nexus piece. Where do we have physical nexus? Where do we have economic nexus? Now we know what states to start going to. And now we can say, okay, let's, we're three states we have nexus in. Is my product or service taxable in this state? in state X, state Y, and state Z, that gives us more of a direction because it very well could be taxable in one state, but not taxable in the other. So you can't answer that, is my product or service taxable until you know what states you're even dealing with. Yeah. And that's a great point to bring up because you really want to find where both things are true, right? You have Nexus and what you're selling is taxable because there's plenty of businesses out there that might have Nexus all over the country, 
And they might have millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars of sales across the country. But what if everything they're selling is exempt in every state? Mm. We, fi- we find plenty of cases like that. At that point, again, you have a business decision to make. Say, I have zero dollars in tax liability. Do I even need to get on the state's radar? Do I need to register in that state? Do I need to file returns? Because you know when you file returns, you'll be remitting zero dollars to the state. So again, the liability is zero in in those states. And again, there's a decision to make there. A lot of the states, in fact, the majority, if not most of them, or all of them, would still tell that business to register in their state. But you know why they want you to register? Income tax, right? They want you on the hook for income tax, franchise taxes that you may be subject to in, in that state. So Again, you have a business decision to make around like compliance and what's your risk tolerance. Do you want to be perfectly compliant? And you can go very deep into that of like even what's your business plan, right? I mean, do you have a board that's making these decisions? Are you a mom and pop shop or are you a business that's going to be going into some M&A conversations and you're going to be talking about even fundraising at that point, you're going to go into some due diligence and sales tax will always come up in that process. So it's important to pay attention to all those factors. But materiality is is one of those things that's important to pay attention to. Do I have nexus? Yes, is what I'm selling taxable. And if I don't have a material amount of actual sales tax liability, yes, technically I have nexus. And what would the state have me do? It's always good to ask that question. But again, that's where it comes down to having the information in front of you and then determining for you what's best. What do I want to do moving forward? Yep, makes sense. And just to kind of wrap up those two questions and actually two two pieces. One, if we determine, you mentioned kind of that, am I liable for tax there? Yes or no. But what if somebody collects sales tax through their, through their POS system, they're collecting sales tax in a state that they're not, they don't have nexus in and they don't have a taxability in, but they've already collected sales tax. Is it then a requirement for that business to still make that payment to the state or would they then refund that to the customer? Because the customer thinks they're paying sales tax. So I, I can't imagine that the company can just be like, oh, we're actually not liable there. So we're just going to keep that money. I, I can't imagine that that's allowed. So have you ran into situations like that? And and what do they typically recommend there? Pretty much every day we actually run into yeah. this, believe it or not, where we have a conversation with someone that's been collecting tax in a state where they are not registered, right? And they're not reporting the tax and remitting it or paying it to the state. It's the hot potato of sales tax. And we all know from that game, you don't want to be holding the hot potato. So whether you have nexus or not in in that state, the bottom line is if you collect tax from a customer, it's not yours and never keep it because you're going to be dealing with questions around fraud in the future because you collected it under the guise, you could say, of sales tax. So either refund it to your customer or Find a way to pay to the state. Even if you don't have Nexus there, you don't have that responsibility to be registered. There are ways in some states, at least, to you know remit that tax to the state. There's ways in every state to you know get the tax to the state if it's not feasible or practical to refund it to your customers. But that's the key there, right? Again, keeping it high level. The answer is get rid of the tax by either paying it to the state or refunding it to your customer. Okay. And then one other question on this. Let's say we have a remote worker in a state. We don't do any sales in that state. We don't ship to that state. We have a remote worker. 
because we now have physical nexus in that state. We don't do sales. That worker is just working there. Would we, generally speaking, be subject to any sales tax in that state, even though we have physical nexus? No. And that lands again in that materiality question, right? If you're not making any sales into that state, there's no sales tax that you're responsible for in that particular state. So again, does the state want you to register? Maybe. You're definitely looking at other registration types in that state, of course, but that's a whole other conversation. And so for sales tax in particular, that question of, do I actually have any liability in the state? The short answer is no. And so a lot of companies would just choose to not register for sales tax in that particular state. Makes sense. And I think the important thing to think about that Danny kind of mentioned here is that when we talk about sales tax, it's the ship to location. And that's also ship to location, or if it's a service that happens to be taxable, it's where is that service being performed? That's the important piece to that. So kind of let's finalize, go into our third question is, all right, so we know we have Nexus. We know we have our product or service is taxable. Where do I go from there? What's the process from that standpoint, that forward? Yeah. And, and you're really talking about the the question of like, am I responsible to collect the tax? If I am, then how do I get a handle on that? And even higher level now. Like who is actually responsible to collect the tax? If you're talking about retail sales, right? Like you're selling to the end user, it's you, right? It, because the end user is the one that's supposed to be paying the tax. So if the end user is your customer, you're the one that's responsible to collect it. You, you have other business models that involve, say, like wholesale or distribution, right? Some type of distribution model. Most often in, in those cases, again, you're selling to say like a, a reseller or the retailer that's going to be actually selling to the end user. So you still need to pay attention to it in the same way as you would like in a retail sale environment. Do I have nexus in the state where the goods or services are being delivered and is what I'm selling taxable? So if those two things are a yes, right, you have nexus and what you're selling is taxable, that wholesale transaction is still a transaction between you and your customer. So what do you need to do? You either need to collect the tax from your customer, or you need to make sure you have a valid resale or exemption certificate on file for that particular customer. It's important to, again, pay attention to where the products or services are being delivered. More than ever, we live in this world where people engage in drop shipping, right? Where Mike, you're my customer. I sell to you, buy it through my website, but I actually have a supplier in Florida that manufactures the goods and or stores the goods. And when you place the order with me, I go ahead and place the order with my supplier and they drop ship it to you in Wisconsin. So who's responsible to collect the tax? Well, we know that you're the end user, so you're responsible to pay it. I'm only responsible to collect it if I have Nexus in Wisconsin. So let's say I don't have Nexus at this point in Wisconsin. The supplier in Florida is shipping it to Wisconsin. So I'm their customer. It doesn't matter where I'm located. I'm buying it from them and they need to pay attention to whether or not they have Nexus in Wisconsin. So wherever you are, like wherever you fit in this, you could say supply chain, the the questions, if you back out of it and, and take a broad approach, it's the same questions. Do I have Nexus in the state where the product's being delivered and products or services, of course, is it taxable? Again, in this example, we said yes to both of those. If that's the case, then I need to charge tax or I need to you know, collect the resale certificate. And that's where 
that supplier in Florida, let's say I'm the supplier and I have Nexus in Wisconsin and it's being shipped to you there. I need to either charge my customer that tax, you know, based on your address or collect the certificate that's valid in the state of Wisconsin. And it, it simply put, I'm protecting myself from a future assessment if I get audited in that state where I can show like, yes, Mr. Or Mrs. Auditor, here's my transactions in this state. And I shipped all of this stuff, but between these hundred customers that I have all these certificates and those certificates are low hanging fruit for auditors. So it's very important to pay attention to those. A couple other points on this responsibility to collect the tax. We now have marketplace facilitator laws in all these states. Most people have probably noticed that there's no more shopping on Amazon to try it and shopping around to different third-party sellers to try to find one that will sell me products without paying tax. Mm -hmm. Amazon as a marketplace is now required by law to collect the tax in every single state on all taxable goods. The same applies to all the other marketplaces, right? Target, Walmart, Etsy, eBay, all these different marketplaces. So that's actually speaking of small businesses. It's been very beneficial for a lot of businesses that only sell on marketplaces because they no longer have any responsibility to collect tax. It's a good question for people to ask that are selling on marketplaces because again, you might have Nexus and you're selling taxable goods. But if it's being done exclusively through marketplaces that are in fact collecting the tax, you don't need to worry about it. Pay attention to it, right? Again, ask the question to make sure, in mm. fact, that you don't need to pay, be compliant yourself and be registered and collecting tax. But once you do that, you should come to a point where it's like that understanding, right? The point of understanding where you realize you don't need to be registered and collecting tax. We've had probably at least a dozen customers of ours, clients of ours over the last two, three years that do only sell on marketplaces and they were compliant before all these laws came, came about after 2018, 2019. And they decided to just deregister everywhere because they were just filing $0 tax returns because Amazon's mm -hmm. collecting all the tax. Yeah, that's a good point. I think when we look at this idea of sales tax, it, it sounds simple. Do I have Nexus? Seems, seems like a pretty easy question to answer. You look at your sales, you look at your physical nexus. Is my product taxable? Seems like something I can easily go look. But when we come down to it and we start to look at all the different states and all the different ways that they treat it and just different intricacies of even the economic nexus, we're not every state's the same there. It, it, it's a, it's, it can be a relatively from a high level, easy to understand topic. But when we actually put it into practice for your specific business, it gets very complex. And there's a reason why I don't focus on sales tax. I don't specialize in sales tax. And it's for this exact reason is that the concept in generally speaking, I understand I can get it. But it's when you put that into practice of saying, OK, the concept of Nexus makes sense. The concept of is my product tax will make sense but when I'm actually now taking an actual business, a real live actual company and determining that it becomes a lot more complex. And that is one reason that we've always partnered with, with Danny over at, at Pizer Johnson. I think that it's something that whatever your bit, wherever you are at your business, it's important to have that consultation, have that talk with somebody that's a sales tax expert to say, go through those questions with you and determine that, that, that taxability and where you have nexus. Because a lot of times it's something you think you can do on your own, but it gets a lot more complex. And you might think, oh, I'm covered. But then you might get a knock three years down the road where you didn't dot your I's and cross your T's on, on a specific state or a specific 
understanding of a product within the state's tax code. So that's one reason that we work really closely with Danny. So Danny, this has been excellent. I want to end with a few things. One, where can people find you? And once Danny tells you that, if you want an introduction directly to him, shoot us in our contact form. I will make an introduction email to you to Danny. But where can Danny, where can they find you? Kind of your website, what you guys do, learn a little bit more about Pizer Johnson that way. Yeah, you you can find our website is PeisnerJohnson.com. We have a redirect that's just pj.tax. So pj.tax. Also, my email is Danny W, like Danny Wright. So Danny W at pj.tax. And we have a podcast. We have our blog and whatnot. But just go ahead and jump over to our website. And we do offer free V consultations. We call it a what's next call. It's not that type of consultation where we have product services we're trying to sell you at the end of it. It truly is a just a custom deep dive conversation with you that will cover, of course, the foundational stuff that we mentioned today, but really apply it to your specific business, specific questions or issues that you have and just help you have an understanding of the best steps to move forward. And at, at some point, if you need our help based on whatever compliance looks like for you, that's you know naturally where we'd say, yeah, we can offer this service. But it, it really is our approach to provide information, be a valuable resource out there for people. And uh, sometimes people need our help and sometimes we're, they don't. And we're, in either case, we're happy to have that initial conversation with you. Yeah, so jump, and I, jump to our website and you can get signed up for that free call. And actually, I can give you my calendar link to Mike that you could you know put yeah. in the show notes and people are very much welcome to just go and schedule a call with me. Yeah. And I can attest to that. Anyone that we've gotten in front of Danny from a member, a listener, whatever it might be, they've been just more than helpful in, in getting answers to that client and then helping them with what is that next step. So Danny, first off, I just want to say thanks for coming on. This has been good. This is a really good rundown. Appreciate it. And, and I just want to put with one kind of parting note and, and a note that I thought that you mentioned that never really the constant didn't, didn't click initially. But I think that if you're selling, this is a this is an important piece that you want to be thinking about. And, and the, the cool thing about this is that this is a tax that you're not responsible for per se. It's something that you charge your customer and then you are responsible for just remitting it, taking it to the state, taking it to the governmental agency. But this is something you charge your customer. And the problem is that if you are not on top of this, if you make mistakes, if you are not collecting sales tax where you shouldn't and are required to by law, now it's something that's coming out of your pocket. And so take some time, connect with Danny and his team, do it the right way from the beginning so you don't get stuck putting money out of your big pocket, out of your pocket down the road. Danny, thanks for coming on. Perfectly said. Thanks, Mike. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.